strip bars with with a dog. Welcome to the Long Drive Home podcast with Alpha Male Tea Party. This is episode 19, uh, featured a chat with Dan Stevenson from the band Frontera. He's also got a new project called Lift, which I'll talk about in a moment. Dan um, also managed and saw watch you from afar for a number of years, so his, his stories um, are really varied and interesting from a life well lived in the music industry. Um, they include tales of uh, theft in Paris and van rental arson, but not on his part, Your Honour. Um, if that sounds like the kind of thing that you're into, then definitely listen on. So Dan's new project, Lift, is um, it's quite experimental, sounds a bit like FX Twin, Bonnie Verbjord, that kind of thing. Um, his album, There Is Beauty In Everything, is out on the 14th of May uh, on Venn Records, which is run by Lags from Gallows, a previous, uh, previously of this parish. Um, the track Zawa, featuring Adam Betts. Yes, Adam Betts from Three Chop Tigers um, is out now. Um, like and subscribe to the podcast, you. I've changed my name back to Greg Chapman and not Captain Shit Swizzle anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a hell of a lot more professional anyway. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Quite possibly. I uh, I like on, on Zoom, I like changing my name to God. Yes. Um, <laughs> you look like him though, you're fine. Look, look like him, do I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, cool. So, uh, so, Dan, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm real good. I um, I've been listening to the podcast well since the first episode, but I can't believe I'm on after Lags. He's like an actual fucking rock star, and then you've got me just moaning about a hot water bottle just before we started. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good moment to have. I mean, it, it's um, yeah, it, it, we've had a, it's we have got like a nice array of guests really because you've got yeah. uh, the one before you will be Evelyn from Clean Cut Kid. Uh, so like, yeah. what like more like a pop star than anything mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and then and then we go on to you who <laughs> who does all manner of weird and wonderful things um yeah. so it's yeah it's really nice uh, it's nice to have a nice sort of range of guests um yeah, but it seems, yeah, seems to get man. better every 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 go doesn't it really it seems to like i think so seems, yeah the quality seems to be getting better every time sorry mike venart um. <laughs> I think. Well, we we know we sort of know what we're doing, and we bought better mics. That that definitely helped. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're here with Dan, and you're gonna have to because um, I've been struggling to pronounce your band name for all. Is it Frontiera? Am I right in saying? Oh, fr- Frontier, like the final frontier, but with an oh, ER, Frontier. Yeah, Frontier. Okay, because I think yeah. I've said it in about five different ways. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, everyone it, gets it wrong. <laughs> it's the the placement of the vowels uh, just just threw me. Um, yeah. Cool. So we're here. We're, we're here to talk with you about your worst gigging experiences. But also, <laughs> it's worth putting it's worth putting into context that you not only play for that band, um, but you you manage. And so I watch you from afar. So yeah, I managed them for a couple of years until um, just quite recently. Yeah, um, until uh, oh, 2019. Yeah, just pre-pandemic. So, um, which is a bit of a weird sort of, um, you know, for me, probably a good thing because when bands aren't making money, I w- won't be making money. So that was probably good timing for everyone, really, just um, just in terms of them not being screwed over by management fees and me not having a band not working. So, mm-hmm. but it was all good. I mean, we're all still friends and um, and. and keep that all going so um yeah no they're um yeah they were one of my favorite bands for like 10 years before i managed them so it was a real like um one of those underdog sort of stories where i was like oh my god yes this has happened (laughs) so yeah i mean like anyone in our sort of scene 
will know they're just like titans of the the whole thing so um yeah that was a, a real amazing sort of experience working with them so yeah a couple of tours of them as well after um well <laughs> i've got some absolute catastrophes about their um japan australia yes. southeast asia run oh my oh, god, god. <laughs> genuinely <laughs> some of the most stressful times of my life so what was the first um what's the swearing sort of policy are we good for swearing or you can say much? anything you like my friend <laughs> oh good okay <laughs> <Yeah>. um yeah <laughs> There, there's a few lines we'll draw uh you know yeah. no no no, no, holo- no holocaust denial uh yeah and i think otherwise we're, we're pretty good um, okay yeah I'll, I'll keep the the isms out of it as well. well we'll keep it relatively um like pg to some extent exactly um, but yeah <clears throat> 12, yeah, no, that, that like series of events for their Australia, um, Japan, Southeast Asia thing. So that was like seven or eight months in the making uh, between us. And yeah, effectively, like from the word go, the, the whole thing was just kind of like, it was amazing they got over there in the first place. But the, you know, the gigs went well, that that was all fine on, on the way there. But it's like the paperwork needed to go to Japan, the paperwork needed to go to Australia. And then, you know, being Irish, you've got two passports. And so there's like this, a whole fucking like array of stress that's involved before they even get on the plane. So the guys got to Belfast International to leave just to get to London on the first day. And uh, they they got uh, to the kind of self-checking sort of thing. And it was Ewan playing bass on this one instead of Johnny. And um, he, his information was just nowhere to be seen. And this was like a four in the morning sort of like red eye flight with like all the pedal boards that had to go the whole way sort of thing. So I was kind of getting phone calls. I was living in Glasgow at the time. And uh, yeah, I was just getting phone calls through the night. And I was just like, I, I, I almost like preempted it. I like, I knew it was going to happen. And uh, yeah, Niall was just like this fucking ball of stress. And he was like, what What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I was like, man, it's all, we, it's booked. It's done. It, you know, it's like an admin error. <laughs> and um, yeah, somehow on the uh, the app that they used for the, the check-in sort of thing at the airport, his name was left out of that whole situation. Oh, no. So, so that, that was the first step uh they did manage to do that but um there was a pedal board not accounted for <laughs> within oh. that flight so uh yeah then the the extortionate pedal board fees began uh, in belfast oh. and uh, continued the whole way to japan and uh, korea and taiwan <laughs> wow oh my god just like an insane series of uh, very costly costly um mistakes and uh, some things like that but i mean in the end they uh, they got to all the places the, the shows went uh, really really well as it turned out and the the australia run with uh, sleeps makes waves was, was really kind of worth it all mm-hmm. in the end and the guys took like a couple of weeks on, at the end to kind of explore some of like southeast asia and uh, australian stuff um but yeah that was like you know i'd only been working for the guys for maybe three or four months and i was kind of like yeah i need to really like cut my teeth here <laughs> and uh, yeah just a couple of those <laughs> like i promise i'm good at my job sort of situation <laughs> like oh those, man those those flying gigs though it's always like by the seat you kicks though isn't it it's a total lottery whether or not you, your gear is going to be there at the other side isn't it man it's all i know same yeah kind totally of definitely yeah. i uh i i depped for um mammoth weed wizard bastard um about mm. uh, about three years ago or something they played a festival in Leuvarden in holland and awesome. um and uh turned up to manchester airport and they'd uh they'd sort of gone oh reckon we can get away with not paying for an extra seat for the guitar <laughs> and it was sort of like, ooh. I was, all the, I was like, guys, this is, I reckon this might cost you a bit of money. And they're like, nah, that will be all right. We get to the airport. It's like, yeah, it's going to cost us quite a bit of money. So <laughs> I was like, okay, it's, not, it's fine, fine. I mean, they lovely guys, and I had, the, I had a really, really great time with them. But my base never left Manchester Airport. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, checked it in, didn't, didn't leave. Uh, frantically call in round, obviously do all the usual things, uh, and yeah, didn't didn't turn up. And when we come back from from the show, it was it was just sat there in in the uh, <laughs> arrivals at Manchester, waiting for me like like an old friend, <laughs> like ready to take me home. And so shout out to Cheney from Ohms who lent me his bass very kindly. Uh, oh, nice! Because those good. guys in Mammoth, we play in—I uh, believe it's a standard. 
So <laughs> like borrowing a bass off someone was like, yeah, I need to I need to borrow like a very specific bass. And luckily, Cheney came through on that one. But um, oh, but yeah. nice one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that flying situation is is like obviously it's necessary, and you know it's always good to kind of be in a position where you get to fly to do gigs. But the whole thing, like from start to finish, it is rarely worth it. <laughs> Yeah, we've 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 only I think we've only done the one with Greg. It was it was the Malta, Malta show about yeah, two years yeah. ago, which is like just a mad gig to be offered. Do you want to play in Malta? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to play a math rock show in Malta. <laughs> Sound. Um, yes. On was our, that Papa? Was it Papa Sniblock that got that dialed it in for was, you? It was as soon yes. as he became our agent. That was the first. The first gig that got offered, he's like, "We've got, we've got an agent now. Brilliant! Oh, we've got a gig coming. It's in Malta." Uh, but um, I'm on the flight on a, on mine and Greg's flight on the way there. Um, a fellow had a heart attack, didn't he, Greg? Yeah, no Jesus, yeah, like at, at, at the back at the at the back of the plane. Yeah, we 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 ended up diverting to well, where was it? It was uh, Belo- am I no, no it's it's where Atalanta play the football team I can't remember it's not Bologna mm. it's uh, anyway uh, Berg- Bergamo Bergamo, Bergamo. Oh, anyway cool. yeah. but um, not that we got to see any of it because the guy got yeah. carted off and then we carried on playing some Malta <laughs> he was actually just like a mad fucking math rock fan he couldn't believe he's on the flight <laughs> with Alpha Male <laughs> My dreams come true. Um, <laughs> I remember we got talking to this sort of older couple, me and Greg. Um, I'm sounding like me and Greg are a couple. We are very much in our minds. Um, but we we and we got to, and they were like, oh, they were like, oh, what are you doing? Like, oh, we're going in to play a play a gig, and they're like, oh, like I think we were, you know, like rock royalty. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. yeah, oh, would it be a big one? We're like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, nearly a hundred people at, at this least, show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, drop, we dropped when they were realized we weren't i don't know in in, got, Rob, in robbie williams in, yeah. in robbie williams's band you've got a great memory man you know i tell you what how do you remember this shit i don't drink yeah. as much as you <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> oh god i think one of my um one of my worst or like one of my most disappointing beverage experiences happened um in in that sort of situation i ended up flying out to do a guitar tech job in cyprus for bad company in um 2014 i think it was is in, um, in the bad company is in the Paul the Rogers. bad company yeah Fucking hell, wow yeah yeah i am um, yeah i knew the session guys that were playing in the band and i was like yeah obviously i'll do it i fucking love bad company wow. and freeze so, um so yeah i got flown out to do the the tech gig and um so yeah, show, I think it was two shows, went went well, and then it's like the last day, you know, sort of everyone's relaxing, and we were just kind of like bar crawling in um, in Cyprus, and the weather was amazing and stuff, and I was kind of like, yeah, I've, I've drank enough rosé wine to like drown a ship here, so I'm going to try to change my drink a bit, and uh, I got <clears throat> what, what they in Cyprus call a white Russian, but what I got <laughs> was a triple vodka with a blob of vanilla ice cream in it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was kind of like, is and it was like a short whiskey tumbler as well. And it's like, how the fuck do you drink that? Because there's like so so much acidic liquid that you can't really drink it straight. And the blob was so big that I was just getting like a nose full of ice cream. Okay. And I was just like, what? What the fuck have I just walked into? It's like genuinely sticks out as one of the most like I I just want to drink. <laughs> wow, so disappointing. You didn't ask for a uh, yeah, didn't ask for a sorbet. That's um, <laughs> Jesus, man. I saw oh, lines with like speaking of that Malta of that Malta show. We went drinking afterwards, didn't we, Greg? And we went in. We we stumbled across an did, Irish bar. Did um, we? <laughs> we did. <laughs> great, great memory. But yeah, we we went to an I Irish bar. And I went up. To, oh, sorry. I went to the. I went up to the bar to get a drink, and there was this woman there with a dog, and it was like two in the morning. So already you think I'm, I'm sort of like this is a loud and leery Irish bar, and there's a woman with a dog at the bar. Okay, that's 
fine. I'm really happy about this. So I sort of start <laughs> talking to the dog, not the woman, obviously. You talk to the dog. And he's, he's stroking the dog. And, ah. and then the woman just kept saying something to me, but it was sort of in broken English. So I couldn't really understand her. And I kept saying, I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah, say that again. And the music was really loud. And I was like, what were you saying? I'm, re- I'm really sorry. A minute transmission she just went, now give me five euros for playing with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like it's chargeable that like, you know it's chargeable it's well you chargeable. spent it, it's it's like when um i'm not gonna say that i was gonna please cut that bit i was about to talk about strip bars when you talk to strippers <laughs> oh no mate it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna stay in <laughs> so, so i've been told um but this was with yeah with a dog so it's strip, it, two years. strip bars with with a dog <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, speaking of strip bars with dogs, um, do you have any other dreadful gigging experiences to uh, to impart on us, Dan? Oh my god, I, I wrote a bunch out. Yeah, I was. Um, so yeah, La- Lags, that was your guest recently, is mm. my recent label manager for my new project, Lift. So I was oh, yeah, taken yeah, after yeah. him, and uh, he he had a list and everything. So I was like, oh bollocks, I better put something together that looks semi semi like I know what I'm talking about. Um, I I had to to really like pick from some of the outrageous stories, um, and I know the theme is to kind of leave the worst for last. But I've got like I don't know. I think some of them are all fairly like just not great. So I'll save what I think is a pretty just stressful time from like our perspective as musicians, and that might kind of um, yeah kind of resonate. But yeah, which one? Uh, which one will I go for? Um, so I think in 2019, um, Frontier played in like 20 countries. We were like really tanning um, the, the tour in Orange Europe and Scandinavia in 2019. And um, we were in Budapest. And uh, yeah, I, I just I love Budapest. It's always such a cool place to play. And um, and anyone knows touring there in the summer, it's like really fucking hot, like 40 degrees, proper, proper hot. And so, yeah, every we we're just in shorts. And so yeah, the um, the show kind of began. Support band started and stuff, and I was um, uh, yeah just in these kind of like short shorts. And I didn't get time to get changed, so I was just like, oh well, I'll just like play in these. And um, for anyone that doesn't know, Frontier is like very very heavy, um, and in the realm of like Mishuga meets Dillinger, quite chaotic, violent sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's there's a lot of inherent down tuning and power stances that comes with that. And um, partway through this uh, show in Budapest. Um, I'd like fully ripped the the crotch out of my uh, shorts, and oh. for, for some reason that day I decided to wear the baggiest boxers known to man, which might as well have just been a pair of shorts, <laughs> and um, and so. I, I did the foot on wedge power stance instead of just the take up the whole stage power stance and um and I, I could feel a bit of a breeze and I was like yeah mid riff here and uh, my balls are just out I'm, I'm really just flashing a crowd of 200 people and I, I can't do anything about it no matter what I do because I've got myself in such a knot that I was just like not, fucking not, not genuinely balls, trapped and, um, and I must have been like a whole song that that was going for and then I was like the only way i can get others is to like crowd surf <laughs> and I, I didn't think that the uh there would be such skin to skin contact included with that sort of decision and uh yeah that hopped over the monitor and uh yeah someone just grabbed grabbed a whole handful and uh genuinely <laughs> might be on a list somewhere <laughs> in uh hungary and um and so as if that wasn't enough of like a, an ordeal at the end of the set and uh, this is like customary kind of the further east you get to go when you tour that people will maybe like give you gifts that kind of might be like kind of local or a little bit about the national sort of dish or whatever. And then so after this all happened and I explained and we were kind of like packing down after the gig, a fan came up to Ped, the, the other guitar player, and gave him a can of pig's intestine. <laughs> <laughs> And we were kind of like, you know, you, you can't be rude. And it's so nice that someone would fucking hang around for half an hour just to, to give you anything. But, uh, but the look on Ped's face, he's, he can't, he's like, uh, like he's got no filter. And he was just like, thanks. And, and the guy, the kid turned around and, and walked away. And, and Ped just like put it on the stage and just continued as if nothing had happened. <laughs> And there's rumours that the can's still on the stage to this day. It, it never made it back to the UK customs, unfortunately, but it's just like this fucking mad hour of, oh man, it was just so, so like, yeah, you're you're getting to Eastern Europe now. <laughs> wow. that I, I, I would have really liked to have seen the footage of you trying to take it through customs.
customs. <laughs> the backpack or something. And <laughs> it no was such a shame because, no like, obviously there was, like, a lot of thought had gone into bringing someone something. And, you know, people eat different foods in different countries, totally. But even with, like, the translation, like, pig intestine doesn't really, like, even for meat eaters, it's probably not overly, I wonder what um, that actually you know. Tastes like. oh, yeah. God. <laughs> um, I, I think it, it probably tastes of bitter sadness. I think so. <laughs> the, 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 the can was like a bright red label as well. <laughs> Toxic. <laughs> I know. So yeah, that, that wasn't so good. Um, but wow. yeah, that, that was a pretty grueling summer though. Like out of six weeks, I was home for like about six days, I think, um, wow. in that summer. And we had some really, really good ones. Um what else did we have on that tour? Um, we played in a bunker from World War Two in Aachen. Have you guys ever played there in the music bunker? No, no, no. Really, really cool. It's like a proper bombed out um, like shelter, and they they've got two levels to it, and they're both underground. And um, they they run a whole bunch of like kind of oddball hardcore and like experimental kind of electronic sort of stuff in there, mm. but the load in is um, like literally like down into the ground, <laughs> like fifty meters into the ground, oh, and um, it's just it's very dark and oppressive and like North German, like it feels really really like you're <laughs> in, in war times, and um, and that place was like just in terms of interest and in venues, I, I absolutely love it when you get a tour like that where you just get these fucking like you'd never be there unless it was for this like odd sort of tour and uh, yeah imagine you guys have been on a bunch of those at some point as well many many on tours <laughs> yeah. all of our tours could be categorized in the uh, odd I camp think, yeah we've <laughs> never not had an odd tour have we really <laughs> no no not not really mate um yeah not we've not played any world war Two bunkers which is a shame that sounds amazing um, though it does. Mm, I really want to. I want. Like, I did put. I, I, I think it was like a tweet or a Facebook status that basically said, "We're only we're only interested in touring places that are close to nuclear bunkers, like <laughs> po- sort of post post uh, was it no, like Cold War nuclear bunkers from now on, oh, and that still yeah, stands yeah. really. Um, so that sounds ideal for us. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, that's so good. Um. Um, where else did we have on that tour that was a bit, um, a bit kind of shady? We played in um, in a place in the very north of Germany called Greifswald, and um, it's kind of like north into east Germany, and it's kind of renowned as one of the most Nazi sort of places left in Germany. And oh, um, Jesus. and it was like you could feel it, like it's it's really weird. I lived in Germany for a year, and my wife's German, and um, like I, I speak German fluently, so it's kind of like you also see like the the subtext to a lot of the stuff that like a lot of like tourists or kind of non-speakers would kind of miss maybe but it's like even just the the um like the racist graffiti on the way in and like the like the kind of propaganda that's around and we got to this venue which was effectively like um a, a youth uh, hostel kind of thing that was for like refugees normally to stay in and then they had a room that they kind of ran hardcore shows in um and yeah the guy <clears throat> The, the guy was super sound but um he was kind of like yeah may, maybe expect some sort of like um some fights or something and i was like oh i don't know we get them at shows all the time it's kind of like you know the kind of heavy thing and he was like no like you you're not from here like they don't like that in in this town oh, <laughs> and we we're kind of just like okay well we have a guy that's half brown in our band so that's not good we have an american in the band and then we have like you know we're in the epicenter of hatred apparently <laughs> in oh. this in this nazi time and um and yeah the really fucked up thing is like two weeks after we had finished that tour and gotten home um someone had thrown a petrol bomb through the front door of that kind of youth hostel in a like you know we don't want refugees here sort of like move it was really fucked up so yeah it was like going to those sorts of places i always find a little bit like you know we're really lucky for the most part in our circles that we try and create somewhat of like a, an echo chamber of positivity but you know mm. i think sometimes you need reminded that that's really an echo chamber like you create that that's not shared in a lot of places still and um yeah that was a bit of a fucking wake up call being and being in a place like that still in, in like you know 2019 then jesus man i mean you, you've got it you take your hat off to the fella running that gaff but at the end of the day 
oh man, if you if you're getting petrol bombed for putting on shows and and also putting up refugees mm-hmm. in in a particular place, I mean, you'd I, I you've got like I said, you've got to admire admire the sort of the balls on the fella to do it because otherwise you'd that would turn me off straight away. You'd be like, I'm going to move to another town. I'm going to move <laughs> yeah, to a more inclusive and happier town. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, it was. Um, it's quite a strange sort of place because it's um, like it's very Eastern German to the point where the the kind of kirks and the the churches stop having like pointed roofs. They start getting the bulb much more like you get towards like Latvia and Ukraine and, and Russia. Right. And um, even just like seeing that within like still technically like Western Europe, it's it's like quite an odd sort of vibe. I've never really felt so kind of like even touring in Romania and stuff. I still felt a little bit more uneasy up in that bit in North Germany. It's really, mm. really bizarre. Madman. I mean, we've we played Leipzig, but I mean that's that's becoming a lot more westernized, I suppose, because mm-hmm. of the money that's in, the money that's there through the football and etc. But you do see, sort of see glimpses of it, um, of it there. Yeah, 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 uh... yeah, definitely. Leipzig's really cool. We played in um, in Neumann's in that place, and it's um, a really cool guy called Nils that kind of has been helping run that place for about ten years now. Mm. And um, yeah, basically all, all the people that can't afford to live in Potsdam or Berlin anymore have all kind of shot off to to Leipzig, and that's the kind of new up and coming sort of like artsy place in, in mm-hmm. that sort of eastern part of of Germany now. But super nice. Yeah, I had a really good time last time we were in Leipzig, um, and. Yeah, it's just, I think it's it, like Germany is such a fascinating place because it's like, you know, 84 million people landmass wise takes up most of that portion of Europe and such a varied kind of like touring scene. Like, you know, it's just so broad between like techno music and hardcore and um, like mathcore and stuff. Like it's a really sort of broad place to go touring. I don't think we've, we've, we've ever really had a bad gig in Germany, have we, mate? We've we've only played the twice, both times in Leipzig. Um, no, 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 no. Did we? We've been. Oh no, no. We had no, uh, no uh, Freising as well. Oh, Freising, but that that was that was, that was good, odd, but, no, but was, that yeah. was good, but not because of the gig. Uh, that was, because, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's a place because we kind of without with our with our releases, we get you know we, we get the usual sort of avenues that come through that that like it, and then there's these there's just a group of German sort of um like either there's like a pr company or there's like magazines and it's just germany it's nowhere else in europe and we've only played there like <laughs> two or three times so i sort of t- turn around to john the agent's like can you book us loads more shows in germany and because tom isn't on the podcast tonight can you get rid of france on the tour because <laughs> it never works for us <laughs> tom, oh god yeah, whenever tom's not on um because tom's not on by the way you could you feel free to slag france off uh, yeah, I, 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 I will. I absolutely Good. will. <laughs> At least I'm not the only one. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm being unfair because, like, you know, France is is so good to us touring wise. But it, mm. you know, like as a veggie and vegan touring group, that makes it an extremely difficult place to tour sometimes. But we do have a, a fluent French speaker in the band as well, so um, that that totally does help. But we've we've had a couple of like my my biggest issue with France is that people always want to steal my stuff <laughs> and that oh, really really annoys me <laughs> every time we're there someone tries to fucking steal something one of the last times we were in paris um we were well second last time we played like a like you imagine a parisian dive bar um like it, it could not be more to the picture than that and um so i'll, I'll maybe give you the longer version of this story as well since we're, we're kind of here to talk about touring so effectively yeah we were running super late doing the usual you know get the ferry in the morning do the paris show and then just deal with the consequences after <laughs> and um so we were obviously super super late and um we had a Malaysian hardcore band, a Parisian hardcore band, a band from Belgium, and then us headlining. And we were meant to be providing the backline that was all getting shared. Um, so obviously not very popular when you turn up like two hours late and they, the, you know, the support band basically just put their stuff on stage. We loaded in and then they started playing and that was it. But um, by this point, there was already like a massive uh, leak at the back of the venue somewhere. And there was just like water <laughs> all over the stage, all over the kind of standing area. And uh, and nobody did anything about it. They weren't bothered. It was like an illegal <laughs> bar. So they're just kind of like, well, yeah, that, that's going to be part of the gig. So, right. Fair enough. Okay. And, um, and then we were kind of like, you know, 
you guys probably have remembered times like this in venues in France where you can still smoke inside and all your merch is like fucking stinking oh, of smoke. Oh God, yeah, yeah, and yeah, um, totally and so that's kind of going on and there's like maybe a hundred people in a place that really shouldn't have much more than 50 in it. So um, me and um, one of the crew kind of just went outside to get a bit of fresh air and I go, we'll go check on the van because it's Paris. And when we got to the van, there was a guy with a flashlight and a bin bag just looking through the glass of all the window uh, kind of seats of the van. And we kind of like chased him off, but it was just like, God damn. And then the time that we were there before that, same thing happened again. We were sound checking. Somebody went upstairs to get phone signal and the alarm was going off on the van and someone had tried to get in that time. And that was um, up at Montmartre, just in the um, kind of like red light district of Paris. And so, yeah, basically two out of the last three times, <clears throat> someone's <laughs> made some form of a, an attempt to get our shit. And luckily they haven't, but it's like, it does totally just put that bit of a, oh God, always have to watch our stuff on this mm-hmm. sort of, on this day. Jesus, man. I know um, and Venart, when Venart played Paris last, I know that they took um, someone robbed Adolf a gambler's laptop, which had a completely unreleased and unbacked up record um, oh, no. <laughs> like, like solo record he'd been doing um, yeah it's not, I mean the gigs sound great everything else sounds fucking awful yeah the gigs Paris. are <clears throat> the, the gigs are like totally amazing in fact in fact the last time we played in Paris um, our our kind of lighting guy driver guy Cali um, he had ran the van into a scooter driver like fully ran just drove into a, <laughs> an absolute madman on a scooter and um, it turned out that he was like totally trying to like do us and he had like you know, intentionally, like he'd seen the GB plate and the sticker and intentionally driven into us, risking his like fucking life pretty much um, to try and do us out of like a cash insurance thing. So because we're so lucky, we've got um, the, the French speaker in our band, the bass player Callum, he... Um, he he basically spoke to him and was like, yeah, well, let me see your insurance and then we'll like do the kind of like, you know, the legitimate sort of thing. And he was like, oh, no, no, I don't have my papers. I don't have my papers. And Callum was like, well, you know, you need to provide them sort of thing. And he was like, no, well, you know, you give me 500 euros and, and we'll call it that. And Callum, like, you know, sharp as attack was like, nah, you're bullshit. And you basically ran into us to try and give us, you know, try get us to give you 500 euros. And the guy kind of like was like, no, no, I'll go get my papers. Obviously didn't get his papers, never to be seen again. <laughs> but, you know, we still had a big fucking dent in the van. And um, oh. and we were just like, yeah, that dude fully did that on purpose to try con us out of 500 euros. Bloody hell. Yeah, it's a mad city. Absolutely wild. But I do need to say, though, the shows have have been some of the best of my my whole career have have been in Paris, like 100% have. It's um, it's just a wild, wild city. Like, I I think living there would be pretty, pretty hectic. God, yeah. (laughs) It's it's not for me. I I live in the Welsh mountains. It's very quiet. I'm quite happy that way. I've had very little breaking attempts, um, mainly because everyone around here is about 40 years older than me. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm quite quite happy to live that little sedate life. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's just. I'm 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 breaking up in in a sweat just thinking about that. I know it's quite um I've not really done the whole let's reminisce about touring since we've not been able to tour but it's actually quite nice to like yeah I don't know it feels like you've actually done something with your life (laughs) because I think sometimes you're just so in the tunnel with the whole thing that you kind of forget like like you were saying um earlier there Greg that it's kind of like how does he remember those things so what else have you got for us Dan um what else what else have we got um so i've got a a pretty funny one so that was um a lot of that um touring from the frontier one with budapest and greifswald um and the nazi sort of place in Mm. aachen as well and that was as part of a tour in 2019 so that was like three weeks uh mainland europe and we finished off in uh leeds in temple at boom and yeah Mm. man awesome awesome venue but um so by the end of this tour, if, if anyone's seen Frontier, it's a very um, sort of like in your face, nobody gets out alive sort of experience, very, very full on. And so, yeah, three weeks of that with guys in their 30s, you know, you, you're a bit grumpy and a little bit kind of tired towards the end of that. <clears throat> and um, and so this last night um, in Leeds, 
was was really good um loads of people turned up and it was going really well and um and things are getting a bit rowdier than usual in the pit and you know when you can just kind of like feel the atmosphere in a room when it kind of just shifts from that like you know we're all having fun very quickly you can feel when that changes to oh something's like not right here something's not really going well Mm. um so there was a guy in the crowd that was not even crowd killing he was like throwing like just punching throwing fists but um he was like wasted and so he had actually tried to swing a punch at our front man chad and again if if anyone's not seen chad he's he's built pretty much like the side of a bin lorry he is enormous the guy's (laughs) jacked like fully like was a personal trainer for years like is an absolute fucking tank um but he's got a real soft soul so not wanting to like you know draw attention to or or make much of a big deal about it he kind of just like pushed him away with the one one arm that he wasn't using to hold the mic and again keep in mind this is like playing music that's all polyrhythmic multi-time signature tempo drags it's it's very complicated music so the other guys hadn't really noticed but me and chad were kind of like keeping an eye on what was going on and so the guy just kept coming back and coming back and chad just one last time had like really fucking pushed him and like launched him back into the, the the crowd a wee bit and um the guy like like totally wound up a punt to get him in the back of the head when chad had turned his back and our photographer nick had um jumped into the crowd and grabbed him by the neck but by this point chad had kind of realized something was going on and at that moment as well um chad had basically just was like had enough and was like ready to fucking rip the guy's head off and um and i think the guy had a mate with him that was kind of trying to help him out but I just fucking launched my guitar <laughs> and done a, a running drop kick, like proper fucking jackass style <laughs> running drop kick to the guy and um, ended up having this basic like a, a bar brawl mid song. And still the other three members of our band hadn't even noticed that this was going on. And so that had kind of like kind of petered out a little bit. And then like the fans that had come to like see us like literally grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and kicked him out and informed the bouncer of what was going on and uh we, we finished the song the song didn't even stop the whole fucking show kept on going and at the end of it um chad did a bit of a sort of like yeah you know we're here to have fun and like express ourselves but if anyone wants to start a fight then fuck off sort of thing and um and, and they were all kind of on our side and stuff and it was a really weird sort of experience to know that like strangers have your back but also why the fuck would someone come to your show to like start a fight with you <laughs> and there's like just a very odd end to quite a, a long tour of um of bizarre situations but yeah that was definitely one where i was just like fuck man maybe it's time this tour ended <laughs> jesus I mean, so there's been a bit of a violent theme recently with these podcasts because like lags spoke about um playing a railway club in uh, uh, somewhere down south, somewhere south of the Watford Gap. Uh, And uh, there would be people who would just turn up just to have fights. And it's kind of... I don't. I can't really understand the logic. I could, you know, even even the hardcore, even hardcore music. This makes me sound like a proper dad. Even you know that <laughs> hardcore music, but, uh, but like, you know, that's thrashy bangy music. Thrash, oh, it's it's too much for me. You know, when it gets all screamy. Oh, you know, I I like my rock. I like my rock. You know. Um, <laughs> um, I really just love the you know the Foo Fighters they're so heavy but the um, <laughs> sorry but uh, but yeah that the whole kind of I'm gonna go and I'm just gonna cause shit um, yeah, yeah but it I think really it, it fucking balls my piss that does yeah it, it's really annoying I think it happens much more in the kind of punk and hardcore scene because everyone really likes to fit in their little box even though they claim to be very much about like equality and inclusion there's also like microcultures within that you're not straight edge enough in this hardcore group you're not vegan straight edge enough in this hardcore group mm. and I think there's you know a general sort of feel that um you know people want to make themselves known in some of that community and you know luckily we've not really had to deal with it ever except that one time but you know picked picked the wrong day i was just like fuck this <laughs> just you know tired angry scottish guy hasn't seen his wife in three weeks and you know i had a busted neck from like head banging constantly yeah. for three weeks <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah nah not tonight sonny boy <laughs> jeez man I mean, we've not experienced a huge amount of violence at our shows. There was the show we played with Cleft 
in in a pizza bar actually, but in Liverpool, Maguire's. Oh, Maguire's, is, yeah, I love yeah, it. yeah. Where uh, Greg, you had to, yeah, you, well, you had to throw a guy out during class. I had to basically, I had to like don my bouncer hat. I had to like <laughs> put, put, put my little bar, me bouncer badge on, and because um, he kept he thought, he, well, he kept throwing himself. He was drunk. Obviously, yeah, but he yeah. kept throwing himself. He kept throwing himself on Dan's paddleboard, didn't he? Oh, I, I just, oh, I, I just thought he was just throwing some fucking boss shapes, and like all of a sudden, <laughs> just you know, I thought he was having a bit of a, a bit of you know, like a like a pseudo fit on the floor, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he just starts rolling over Dan's Dan's pedalboard. Yeah, I thought, oh, that's a, oh. and, and then he, he and then he just caught the mute the mute button, and his, his guitar went off. I thought, well, that's enough. That's enough yeah. now. And, um, That's yeah. when, the, when, the, when the mute goes off, when the mute button yeah. goes on at a cleft show, it is game over, really. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Can't be having that. Yeah. On his own. It's, it's John and a sample pad, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that's, <laughs> and, you know, I love John, but I don't want to, you know, watch him in a sample pad. Uh, oh, man, what, what a venue, though. The pizza in, in Maguire's, goddamn, what a place. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I really liked playing there. Greg didn't. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I I think I almost had a heart attack one time we played there. Honestly, uh, I'm not going to go. But you used hard. to, be, but, yeah, but you used to drink Red Bull before shows. Like neck, like two Red Bulls, three Red Bulls, and then play oh, everything no. like twenty BPM too quick. And I remember, <laughs> and then, then back in the day when we used to wear those like the the, the polypropylene suits, and it came yeah. off. And I just, I couldn't, I was like struggling to like get air. Do you know what I mean? I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like an Alsatian. <laughs> What's the phrase you, you use, Greg? Like, like, a, a, like, a, like, a, like a, what was it? Like, like an asthmatic Alsatian eating a bowl of jelly. <laughs> Amazing! I'm so, so yeah. pinching that. So yeah, so, so Maguire's killer pizza, but oh, I, ne- I never had a good time playing them shows. Oh, fair enough. I'm just, I'm just not hardcore enough. No, well, I, I played there with Falls years and years and years ago, oh. and uh, we were supposed to play somewhere else and with another promoter, and the show sort of got almost like someone else took it on for whatever reason. But this fella. I'm not going to name and shame because but mainly because I've totally forgotten his name. Um, but he he came up to me and he was like, uh, he said, oh, yeah, nice one, lads. I usually do much bigger shows than this. So that was the first thing he said to us. Nice. So I'm like, okie doke. And then this this guy this guy came who who comes to Falls and Alpha Tea Party shows and um, a really nice fellow. And he was like, all right, mate, I'm, I'm, how much is it on my door? And he was like, Oh God, I don't know. Uh, oh, are people going to come to this? Oh, um, oh, let's say a fiver, shall we? <laughs> I sort of sort of stood there like, ah, oh, this is awful. I hate when that happens, and it's it's such a symptom of like DIY sub genre to yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I used to um to book for and manage a, a sudden burst of color, really amazing kind of post rocky electronicy kind of outfit, and organized their first trip into Europe, and they were playing at the um oh fuck what's the name of it? It's the one that um Pierre from Fall of Messiah works at every year um in Lille. I can't remember the name of the festival. Um, but yeah, they they were booked to play that. So yeah, really good start to the, the tour. And then the next date was in Belgium. And they turned up to the place at loading time and the whole place was closed except a guy outside sweeping the floor. And he was like, is there a show tonight? And the band were like, uh, yeah, there has been for six months. And uh, then he was like, okay, yeah, I'll open. And that's you're just like that would never happen on like a pop <laughs> tour or like no. a big rock or alternative metal tour or something. But you know, fucking throw down three pedal boards and you know instrumental music, and suddenly it's okay to do that. <laughs> it wouldn't happen for the Foo Fighters, mate. I'll tell you that. You know, real rock, proper rock. Yeah, uh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> that um, I, I I bring this up all the time, but obviously you're Scottish, Dan. You've you've yeah. been to Dundee. Are you from Dundee? Before no, I wait till I hear what you're going to say before I say what I want to. <laughs> well, um, 
there's a there's a fellow who works at a place called Buskers. I won't mention yeah. his name. Who yeah. uh, you probably know who it is. Uh, who I'm talking yeah. about? Who <laughs> Go for fall, it. Fall, yeah, falls turned up and he was like, "Oh, I thought you guys were on tomorrow night." <laughs> yes, I've, I've done nothing. <laughs> um, Fuck. Yeah, and we stayed at his on. We played the first time. I've played at Buskers like three or four times. Why? The first one wasn't good. The second one wasn't good. The third one wasn't good. And weirdly enough, the fourth one wasn't good. But um, we stayed at his house and he used to live with the drummer from The View. Oh, um, yeah. If you remember them. And um, the drummer from The View would have, he'd been sent some art, let's just say he'd been sent some artifacts from female fans that he would stick on his wall. <laughs> oh my god. That creeps me out so much. I've got um a very um uh illicit story about that band that I'll maybe save for off mic, but oh, please, yeah, yeah. Sim- similarly quite a concerning oh. situation. Oh. Or you could just um, say it on the pod and I won't edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've got quite a, a serious job that I really don't want to lose. So I'll, um, I'll maybe skip on that one. Um, Fine, Dundee, yeah, Dundee, cool. it, it's ah, uh, it's like the the really, um, you know, the the stepchild that a new person to a relationship doesn't want. It's like nobody, <laughs> nobody wants them. They're just there and they keep turning up. You know? <laughs> It's just the fucking worst city. I mean, I would genuinely take Aberdeen over Dundee, and uh, and that's quite a statement, I've got to say. Thank God that we have someone else who shares my opinion, because um, because the, the lads from Fat Goth really fucking hate me for slagging off <laughs> Dundee. You know, like it's like them off. Not them, but slagged the city off quite publicly on on all all our social media avenues, and um, like the fucking grief I get from from the population of Dundee. Um, yeah, fat goth. Who else? See, see, no, I'm. Uh, we are we are good mates with fat goth. They're very good no, guys. But 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 you know, yeah, you, they, they don't they, they don't take too kindly. It's like if they turned around and told you Liverpool was a shithole. You know, it is. Yeah. And they hate, yeah. you know, they hate. It's you know, it it does have the same you know, have the same connotations. But um, but that's I think that's enough Dundee bashing for another episode because yeah. it goes I, I, it does I, I, it goes I, I, quite. I, I, I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, no, please, sorry. Well, we back. Yeah, we, so that's, that's Dundee and the entire country of France were not welcome back in. <laughs> So, good start uh, for our for our post post pandemic tour plans. Uh, it doesn't matter; all our tours are being cancelled anyway, mate. So, <laughs> this is true. We'll be happy to be playing absolutely anywhere, just not Dundee or anywhere in France. I've seen I've seen like posters today go up on socials for shows that are happening in like the beginning of July. And yeah, then, and, you, and you're looking it. at like 2,000 trees having to cancel. I know this is going slightly mm-hmm. off topic. Well, it's gigs. But I was sort yeah. of thinking, um, what? It's, like, it's worrying. Yeah, I know we were we were chatting to our, to our agent about it as well. And um, yeah, that's Martin over at Avocado. And he's like, yeah, basically don't prepare for anything until, you know, if you're lucky, maybe October. But really, I mean, you'd probably be as well writing off 2021 just now. And um and that's kind of the approach that I'm taking. Like I, I yeah. think you know we're booked in for like Arc Tangent and Eperfest and some some really good festivals. But in my heart of hearts, I don't really think that they're going to be going ahead. Sadly, I think we just we just say yes to stuff, yeah, and then just go, yeah, <laughs> if it happens, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's almost like would you like a date with Sophie Ellis Baxter? And you go, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love a date with Sophie Ellis Baxter. That sounds fantastic. And you know that that date is never, ever going to happen. I fucking love Sophie Ellis Baxter. Um, but you know it'll never, ever, ever happen. Um, Great analogy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, love um, Sophie. Yeah. Sophie. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, just one of those, like, try and be optimistic, but, you know, just have to take it as it comes, in it? I think we do, mate. I think we do. Well, sp- speaking of gigs, should we go for one more story? Yeah, let, let's get the the last one out of the way. So th- this on. isn't necessarily like 
you know, worse things have obviously happened um, in the world, but in, in the world of touring as well. But I think just specifically as other touring musicians, this is one that you might empathize with or uh, like relate to in some way. So um, this was uh, Frontier headlining um, one of the tents in Arc Tangent in 2019. And um, it was, I think, one of two UK appearances for the whole year. So it was quite quite a big deal. And um so yeah, d- did the usual organizing, got everything set up, got the van organized, and yeah, I ITM and book everything. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm you know seasoned, done it a million times, get everything sorted out, go to the van hire company on the day. So we're driving from Glasgow down to just outside Bristol. Um I give us like a solid 12 hours of clearance. It's only really a nine hour drive, so there's time for stuff to go wrong, which is you know what you'd usually do. Um so I get to the van hire place at seven in the morning to get the van and it's been cordoned off by um three fire engines six police cars and a whole bunch of reporters and i was like oh this is this is a good start (laughs) um someone had tried to burn the building down that the van hire company had kept all of their vans and lorries in and there was like something like maybe two usable vehicles but you know it's a crime scene so you're not really meant to move anything or, or do anything there so I was kind of like, right, well, <clears throat> I know I've got a three-hour window pretty much to <laughs> to fix this, and then it's a 10-hour drive without breaks. <laughs> um, so so I give it half an hour, and um, so I, yeah, I'd spoke to the, the owner who had actually come out because he was like nice enough to to still you know stick around and, and kind of talk to me. So I was like, yeah, th- this is our situation. Um, <laughs> sorry, your life's work has burnt to the ground, but can I have a van? <laughs> and and um, he was like, well, you, you can see what's going on here. Um, let me make a couple of calls and I'll, I'll see what we can do. So um, like 40 minutes goes by. And um, I haven't let the band know yet because they're stress heads and um, they wouldn't really know what to do to fix the problem anyway. So I was like, well, I'll just keep this up my sleeve. (laughs) Um, So an hour goes by and then um, the guy's like, yeah, I think I can get you a van in an hour. So then that reduces my three hour um, tragedy window <laughs> down to one hour. And um, so Chad, uh, Chad's wife had flown over to come see the performance as well. And um, it was the year Converge were playing and she's like a, a huge Converge fan. So, but she was six months pregnant at the time as well. So uh, I hadn't actually factored in a, a pee stop every 30 minutes for a six month pregnant woman on top of all of this um, oh, anyway. Yeah. So, so that that was a thing to come just just um, in the in the distance, <laughs> and um, so yeah, two hours go by. I'm waiting for the van. I've I've phoned the the guys and let them know. Yeah, we are definitely going to be um, very fucking late. Um, so I phoned Jock uh, who runs Arc Tangent, and I was like, yeah, this is the skinny. We're going to have to skip the accreditation, and yeah, I mean, we're basically going to get there for our our line check sort of time, but we'll have a half hour, you know, if if we do like what, what I've kind of laid out. So kind of feeling a little bit more like okay maybe it's doable now that i've got a van so picked up the guys in edinburgh um everyone got in the van we got down past like t bay so like glasgow to there's maybe uh like two and a half hours maybe something like that first p stop comes from from our um <laughs> better half who's who's pregnant um and then uh another hour goes by p stop and so at this time my my brain is just like um like a frazzled pile of mints <laughs> and all i could think was man we have to play the biggest show of our career in like t minus six hours five hours four hours and um and i don't know if you guys remember if you, or if you were there or not but that was the year that it was like probably the rainiest dark tangent has ever been and there was like this mad storm across like the whole of that kind of part of the the uk so the rain was so bad um that i couldn't even like drive at legal speed anyway even if i wanted to break the speed limit and so um yeah we got held up with that more p stops so i phoned jock um uh from from the van and i was kind of like yeah uh, we are you know best case we get there for the beginning of our stage time um and then we get to play um worst case we miss the first half hour and we have a half hour set <laughs> and, oh, and um we're at that point i was actually getting a little bit kind of like oh fuck i need to like either break the law here or we have to you know ask a main stage act to move to headline a small act which you know isn't really going to happen on a festival so um <clears throat> so i drove at um 90 miles an hour for the last two hours of that drive got three points and a speeding ticket 
and we had gotten to um, the festival site uh, five minutes before we were meant to play. And so that meant that we had pretty much like 15 minutes to load on stage, do a line check. We had our own sound engineer. We had our own lighting designer. So light check, uh, line check, and basically somehow get sounds ready to go within that sort of 15 minutes. And um, before we had emptied the van, we had basically just turned up, threw stuff on the stage, and there was already about six or 700 people there just to see us. Um, and I was just like, oh, my fuck. Like, you know, people have really, like, turned up to see this. So this, like, has to be good. <laughs> and so we, we we did the check, got all the lighting stuff done, and we were actually only five minutes over the set time um, or the start time uh, when we started our first song and the sample pad kicked in. And then it was just, like this fucking mad rush for like 50 minutes and um yeah the whole tent was like stowed out it was like maybe 1500 people had ended up being there in the end but like my heart rate was easily at like 180 190 from like you know 12 in the afternoon until one in the morning it was just like this fucking massive massive stress and uh yeah man just genuinely one of the most exhausting sort of like musical parts of my career that day (laughs) Wow. Just how, oh, how how smashed did you get afterwards? <clears throat> oh my my god! Like not even just the the getting smashed, but the the aggression that I played with on that stage. I had uh, taken it upon me to climb the lighting rig as far as I could part way through the set, and I was having one of those just like I genuinely don't care what happens to my body right now sort of moments. And um, and the set set went really well. It was really good. But then yeah, I um who did I meet? I met the guys from um, Tosca. Yeah, Bia and um, uh, Max and stuff were there, and yeah, we went to watch. Battles and I, I literally, I think I sank probably six pints in forty minutes. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, t- today can just go and fuck clean off, and uh, I'm gonna forget about this. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it, it ended up being all good, but you know, so typical, like the the biggest you know festival show of your life with Mashuga, Car Bomb, oh, yeah, like yeah, Converge, yeah. and. And that whole fucking thing happened, but um, yeah, we we uh, yeah we got there in the end. So bit of a triumph, that though. That you know, that's that's a that's a quite a triumphant story, man. I think that's there's, yeah. um, there's a bit of there's a victory in there as well. So it's not, yeah. not all bad, you know. Hundred percent. To be honest, to be honest, that that kind of reminds us. I mean, we spoke about it on a on a, a different different episode, but um, Ben, remember when when we lost the keys to the van? Oh, vividly, it is on yeah. the episode with yeah. real terms, which I believe is episode go, four. Go back and go check, and check it out, viewers. Go and check uh, it out. Yeah. <laughs> if you, yeah, uh, but that has, was that. It's a very, very similar. Um, some serious parallels going on. There. Yeah, <laughs> a very similar narrative um, in all aspects because the show ended up very good as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, that was Jesus. That was a, that was a. That was a story. My my heart rate went up to about 160 just listening. Uh, <laughs> Christ. So um, yeah, well, cheers for that. <laughs> We've uh, we usually we end uh, the podcast with we started to do um, two things. We start we we ask you for your best gig, um, which might actually I mean it, you know it's up to you to say it might end up being <laughs> the one you just told us about. Um, but um, the other one. Um, is and you can put that percolate on this where you talk about your best gig because that's probably at the front of your mind. Um, what's the worst band name you've ever had or <laughs> or seen or heard? It came up in our last oh. episode and we were like, that's a really good one. We're going to stick with that. So we'll go that's to the first question. one. What, what's um, the your, your best your best show, man? Just keep keep it show. nice and positive at the end. Yeah. Um... I guess, I mean, it would be hard not to say that Arctangent one because <laughs> the odds were so fucking heavily stacked against us from start to finish. Yeah. So so that that was um, quite like, a, and that was also one of the first times that we really felt like there was like a real serious like fan base of people that were like there to, you know, like rows of people shouting back at us at a big festival. You know, usually it's your own headliner, but for a festival that was like really amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely um, up there. Um, actually, one of the the Paris shows as well. The first time that we played in Paris was um, 
also a little bit like that you know it was our first european tour didn't really know what to expect and um ended up selling the place out and people were like literally tearing the roof down um like having having a good time so yeah i think that's maybe up there as well so definitely um way more good good stories than bad ones um maybe those two um shit band <laughs> names <clears throat> i'm i'm actually quite a fan of quite a bad band name <laughs> um, <laughs> i can't say i've i've been in bands that have had too many bad ones myself but um i don't know things like um what what's um what's been around a wee bit that i've seen like beans on toast i always remember thinking how fucking stupid is beans on toast but then you know ended up being a fairly successful international act you know people always say that about um about elbow it's kind of like and we've had uh, we've had a member of Elbow on the podcast, don't you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but um, people always say, like, Elbow, oh, what a bad band name. But then after a while, you sort of like, uh, you sort of just become used to it. You sort of like, hey, Elbow, that's just yeah. a... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just a, just, a, just a band name. It's just yeah. a band name, really. You don't sort that's of not so think about it. I think the... Um like the the ones that are like made intentionally to like cause a little bit of a, a kind of rift though like you know cry wank is one that kind of, kind of oh, comes God. up quite a lot and again <laughs> also i mean you know with some relativity quite well known quite quite a, a yeah. successful kind of act in its own sort of right so that kind of thing you know i always kind of like catches my eye um I'm i just actually thinking- i sorry i actually preferred um, shit wife over big lad. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe he changed that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, they did. That was, I, yeah, I understand why they've, Sorry, done it, why they've done it. I understand why they've done it, but it, it just, it rolls off the tongue, I <laughs> yeah. think, much better than big lad, the shit wife. It just, yeah, it, it does. I- I like both of them. I was I'm just looking at posters um around my room at the moment for um for like you know Europeans and they try translate sometimes they don't always get a good one. I've got oh, yeah. two from from posters just now. One from a Paris show um with a band called Brain Juice Drainer. <laughs> 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 which i think i remember them being like a really like off kilter kind of jazzier version of mars volta i remember them being fucking sick actually <laughs> so that's a good one and then there's another <laughs> another one from vienna that we played um and the, the band's name is bog <laughs> bog <laughs> just bog <laughs> It's so oh, British God. as well. Like that doesn't work in any other kind of collection of countries except the UK. But Bog is like, <laughs> yes, so colloquial. That's so good. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> could do, you could do you could do so much about about bad band names. Like my mate Ash um, for the bad kid smoke has a working document on Google on his Google Drive, which he updates quite regularly. And there's club was I'd, I'd say it's in three figures the amount of band, band, bad band names he's come up with. What I really, it's not a bad band name, but I love the way that, Greg, you changed it. So uh, it was a band we played with us in London called Asian Death Crustacean, nice. um, and, which I really like as a band name. But, but the better the, the better version of that band name was Greg calling them Asian Krusty Boys. <laughs> Me? Yes. <laughs> when did I fucking say that? <laughs> you would just re- quite routinely refer to them as, oh, do you remember Asian Krusty Boys? <laughs> that sounds horrific. I, it I, does I, sound I'm, horrific. Oh, mate, I must have been under the influence of some kind. <laughs> That's so, so good. Krusty oh Boys. Yeah, you'd refer to them as Asian Krusty Boys. <laughs> oh, that's oh, terrible. Mate. Really we we terrible. we have we have the um we I, I, there's one I'll say off air because they're sort of friends but um we have we, we tend we tend to just change people's band names to you know to suit our own whims uh yeah, I, yeah. um but the what I there is a I need to, I'm not doing it now because it'll take too long to find but there was a the, I don't know if you the last time we were on tangent but it's the same year you played Dan and there was oh. flyers going round for a an extreme metal festival in I believe the Czech Republic and there's like it was over three days and I think like Carcass were one of the headliners or something like that but yeah. the the list of band names that went along because you know like. Um, like death, uh, not death cup, but like 
You know, uh, grindcore, grindcore kind of bands always have yeah. really horrifically offensive names. <clears throat> like, um, I don't know if they're Scottish, like um, wheelchair, 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 wheelchair. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember, I, I'll get the list up for another episode, but my one of my favourites, that was just, they were called Clitgore. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. I think I remember those, like, um, those posters going around. Was it for Obscene Extreme? That's um, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, Uritakaria anal. That's another one that's come that's back right. and smiled. <laughs> you know what? You should like just as a follow up to that. You should look at some of the sets that are on there. From there's like a whole bunch of YouTube videos, like professionally produced from Obscene Extreme, and it's like basically um, from nine in the morning until nine in the morning the next day. Versions of like crust punks doing blast beats whilst getting naked on stage. Like it's pretty much that for like four days solid. Jesus. And, and there's some big bands yeah like carcass played full of hell have played um the body uh yeah. yeah so many decent bands but it's kind of renowned for being a bit of a cesspit once you're there i think it's like pretty <laughs> fucking like crusty well it, it looked like it, the way I, I remember looking at the running order and i was like jesus everyone's got 15 minutes except for carcass it's like <laughs> each band it was just like 15 15 15 15 it's like wow that's intense that's yeah, so intense. I, I don't know how. Like, I mean, we've we've played a couple of big festivals where it's like meant to be extreme metal for like days and days on end. But I don't know if it's just getting older or what it is. But man, after I've seen four bands of any description that are in the same genre, I'm like timed out. I can't. My attention span's gone. Like, I can't take that. <laughs> we tend to feel the same way. I mean, we love absolutely love the bones of our tangents, and we love playing it. You do get to Saturday night, and you go, I'd quite like something in four four. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd, I'd quite like something with. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or like, I remember Falls played, and Martin put a tweet out. We, we were on the way there, and he said, "Off to our tangent. Say goodbye to four G and four four. Yes, yeah, totally, totally right. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say we we've been such snobs the last. Um, two times we've been there we stayed in the premier inn that's in that little village around the corner oh, and then yes. um, just kind of like came in and out as we pleased but there's a premier inn near atg yeah yeah we stayed there a couple of times Fucking yeah i can't remember the name oh, of the, the village but um yeah it's a 20 minute drive away and it's oh, so much God. better i've done i've done four years intense and i can't Finally. wake up in a puddle again i just can't I can, do it no, i can no. leave the leave the tent at home oh my god yeah. this is, <laughs> no, this is this has made my gear yeah. Oh my god! Because there was the year when da, um, Tom and Dan and the respective partners stayed in. There was like a caravan on site, and yeah. I was just like, I was like dying to get in there because you don't even have to go for a drive out. But oh man, the Premier Inn. Okay, you're gonna have, basically way, yeah. what what you're gonna have to do, Dan, is you're gonna have to email me a link, a direct <laughs> link to this place, and we'll just book. We'll book for the next five years, even if we're not playing. We'll just yeah, book for the weekend. Yeah, oh man! Well, um, well, thank you so much for coming on, Dan. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. I say that every time, but it genuinely has been because we only yeah, ever talk same. to very nice people. Um, and this yeah, is, appreciate it, man. Thanks so no much attention. for having me on and um, just chatting about touring and getting me excited about getting back on the road and um and seeing what's going on around the world yeah man nice one all right well i'm gonna hip stop but don't fuck off uh, which, which could be which could be a nice tagline to end the podcast on <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna hit stop but don't fuck off <laughs> <laughs>